0: I've got an incredible woman in studio with me today. It's Wangeshi Gitata Kiriga. Welcome to studio, Wangeshi. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to have you here and to uh, talk a little bit about... um, what you've been doing over the past 10 years, you're a lawyer by training, but a woman's champion at heart is my understanding. Absolutely. I love that. And uh, I was wondering maybe if you, we could start here talking a little bit about the work you do for New Faces and New Voices Kenya.
1: Sure. Um, I'm really excited about that. So New Faces, New Voices Kenya is one of the women in finance networks of the Grassa Michelle Trust Grassa Michelle. That's being, how you say yes. the name. Grassa Michelle. Okay. That's right. And we're really excited because our founder is in town. Oh. Yes. We had a great session with her yesterday and also the day before. And she's in town for the Africa Climate Summit. Okay. And it's also really exciting because she is also the vice chair of what is called the Elders, and that's also what has Ban Ki-moon in town as well. Wow. So it's, um, it's really exciting to work with somebody who is such a champion for women across this continent mm-hmm. and to do so um, really specifically in Kenya. So as New Faces, New Voices, what we do is that we try to get money into women's hands. Mm-hmm. We want a seat at the table when it comes to decision-making and therefore we can empower women to take control and have agency I mean, and I, I mean this because when we look at, like, this particular climate space, right, um, in, uh, across the continent, you have women providing more than 80% of all labor when it comes to food systems, right? When it comes to agriculture, whether it's in food, whether it's in things like coffee or tea or flowers, mm-hmm. you have women providing all this labor. But then when you look at when it comes to owning Assets when it comes to getting money into their hands, then that percentage drops drastically. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at less than 20% of ownership when it comes to, especially the ag space, especially when it comes to agribusiness. We're not there. Our numbers are not there. But yet, we're such drivers of the economy, right? Especially, again, I, I know I'm harping on about the continent, but I get really, really excited about that because all these entrepreneurs um, Africa is known for being the home of the enterprising woman. Absolutely. But how can we get more money into this enterprising woman? Uh, there was a saying that um, if people worked as uh, hard as African women, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. Honestly? Because we really do work very, very hard. Uh, Preach.
0: Honestly, that's the truth. And, you know, that uh, there's another saying that if you want a job to be done and done well, give it to a woman because that's how it will get done. So I think it's uh, really important that the work that uh, New Faces and New Voices is doing. You speak about getting uh, money into women's hands and into uh, women who are entrepreneurs and working in these spaces. How exactly does New Faces, New Voices facilitate that?
1: Well, we do so in a couple of different ways, but especially in collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm going to hop on about grassa Michelle, but yesterday <laughs> she reminded us that, um, you know, collectively we're able to do so much. That when we collaborate and then we, when we do things together, we really amplify and accelerate the impact that we're able to have. Yeah. When she was launching our strategy earlier this year, she gave the analogy of the five fingers, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're using like one finger to tap on a door, you may or may not be heard. But when you fold those five fingers and you knock on that door, you can even push it through. You can knock it out because you're doing so together. Mm. So there's such a huge impact that we're able to do when we do things together. So um, specifically in Kenya, what we've done is that we've worked very closely with our partners, uh, whether it's with the Nairobi Securities Exchange, or whether it's with the Kenya Institute of Management, or the Kenya Private Sector Alliance, or smaller collectives like uh, Kayana, where we're coming together and we're saying, where are the spaces, where are the policy levers that we can use to make sure that women have that seat at the table, that we're tapping into their ability to make decisions, whether it's at corporate level and therefore highlighting those decisions that are being made through our work with, um, there's an organization that co- that's called Equileap. Mm. And what Equileap does is that they look at all these exchanges across the world and they say they rank them according to their gender inclusivity. Mm. So it doesn't mean that you're going to have like, you know, if you have 80% of a female workforce that you're going to score high. Mm-hmm. Theirs is really about um, it's really about balance and equity, and
0: and maybe even where those women are in your organization. Exactly, right? exactly. Because yeah.
1: we're very good at putting them in boards, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. But then, what happens with middle management? What right. happens with the pipeline? Right. What sort of policies do you have in place that make it easier for them to come back into the workforce to take that family leave? Right? Yes. Because again, remember, women are carers. Yeah. So you found, especially during COVID, that so many women's businesses stalled mm. or were stopped completely because it wasn't that they're the ones who got COVID, but they were the ones looking after people, right? Right. They were the ones who were the homeschoolers. Yeah. They were the ones who were looking after anybody who got sick, whether it was their immediate family or whether it was their extended family. Because that's what we do.
0: And yeah. it, it's interesting because you're right. You know, women are told you can have it all. You can do it all. You can be the bu- businesswoman with the family, etc. But if you don't have systems and practices in place to support that, Absolutely. it can be really hard to see that through. And exactly. women are working quite literally overtime in order
1: to uh, have it all. Yes. Um, and, and we're seeing that even now within the climate space, right? Because... The, you know, the two main challenges, um, especially around climate, is inclusivity, right? And the second thing is also around energy. Mm-hmm. And when you look at, um, when you know, yesterday we were having our side event at uh, KICC and Grasa Michelle pointed out to us that, you know, we're in this room, but decisions are being made upstairs. Mm-hmm. We're still not at the table. Mm-hmm. We're still not at the table.
0: That's powerful. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, and when we come back, I'd love to speak to you more about the Africa Climate Summit that's going on currently. And of course, new faces, new voices. This is such an interesting conversation. So thank you so much. If you do have any questions, particularly for Wangeshi, please let me know on zero seven zero one nine eight four nine eight four. You can tweet me at nine eight four in the morning using that hashtag #DriveIn. FM. Joined in studio by a special guest, Wangeshi Gitata Kiriga. Welcome, Wangeshi. Thank you. It's so great to have you. We're talking a little bit about uh, your involvement with uh, New Faces, New Voices Kenya. But uh, you were also mentioning it was started in twenty. 20- it was started 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yes.
1: So that would that have been right after the whole financial crisis, actually, yes. which is why it was called New Faces, New Voices. Okay. Because the idea was, actually, if we had more women in these spaces, we probably wouldn't have been in the mess that we were in. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name came from, that we wanted to have new faces and new voices, especially in the finance arena mm-hmm. across the continent and but it's available uh new faces new voices has a presence in 16 countries
0: correct does it go by a different name in those countries no it's okay it's
1: called new faces new voices and you just have the different country chapters oh
0: i see yes, yes, okay yes, yes, well uh, maybe we can speak a little bit about you you had mentioned before the break about the africa climate summit ongoing mm-hmm. and women in agriculture uh could you speak to us a little bit about what we're experiencing there with uh, the gap in funding and how women are involved?
1: Absolutely, because what we, well, what we tend to see across this continent, and, and I'll, I'll, say, I'll start off with talking about the continent, and then we can talk a little bit more specifically about Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we tend to have smallholder farmers across the continent, right? They're the ones who provide more than 80% of all our food. You also have, um, you know, the arable land globally is actually sitting in Africa, Mm. which is actually such a contradiction when you consider the fact that we are a net importer of food Mm -hmm. as a continent. Mm -hmm. And so these are some of these disparities that we need to figure out. And one of the exciting things is the Africa continental free trade area. I'm really hoping that we get this right, because if we can get it right, we're unlocking a lot, huge markets, number one, but also we're going to be able to move food across borders without all of these, whether they're tariff or non-tariff barriers. But then going back to your first question around how do we get money into the hands of these women because just before the break we were talking about how the african woman is so enterprising Mm -hmm. and we really truly are and um but you have all of these high level commitments that are given like what's been going on in the climate summit and we're talking about billions of dollars that are needed to help us to adapt or to mitigate against the climate crisis because it is very very real but at the end of the day that money doesn't trickle down mm-hmm. to the you know to 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 the common woman the one who is busy growing her tomatoes and her onions and her and her arrow roots and her cassava she's not getting access to that funding and what do we need to do differently to make sure that it gets there mm-hmm. right and it's not about you know whether it's looking at something as useful as say fertilizer subsidies it's sometimes going back to our roots yes and the reason i say that is because women are sitting on, you know, indigenous knowledge that is so crucial in this fight against climate change, so much so. And very often it is overlooked. We don't listen. We just come in and then they, we repackage what they've been doing and we give it fancy names. Because like right now, you know, the in thing is all about regenerative agriculture. Yes. And then when you dive into it, you're like, hang on a second. I learned about this in 844 Agriculture. What are we doing? You know, so yeah. we're already doing these things. Why do we need to, why do we need, ha, need to ha, give them fancy names when we're getting on with it? But more than that, put money into women's hands because they do so much. That saying of, you know, educate a woman, you, you educate a, 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 a community. Yeah. It is truly, truly so. And even more so in the agriculture space, mm-hmm. because the gap is really around access to knowledge. And it's knowledge not in the actual farming itself, but it's also where to find these things, whether it's where to find the market, whether it's the fact that now we're going back to our roots when it comes to, you know, this mixed useful, farming, as we're calling it, or regenerative agriculture, as we're calling it, Mm -hmm. it's this idea that actually, we don't need to necessarily use these chemical fertilizers, we can go back to composting, Mm -hmm. everybody's doing organic, and, 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 you know, and especially the Western world, they're paying even more for it right yeah so why can't we look at what we have the treasures that we have in the home and be able to grow more of that but the way we're able to scale that again means how do we put money in women's hands remember we've got that disparity of you have women providing 80 percent of labor mm-hmm. owning less than 10 percent of assets so my ask is to all of these financiers right as they're making these big deals and big commitments right that they do things differently because doing things the same way is what has got us to where we are today absolutely and they must do things differently and they have to stop actually being lazy (sighs) about how they're how they're um, how they're getting this money to the ground mm-hmm. because they all you know especially institutions tend to look at um, they tend to look at the ag space as, as very high risk they tend to look at women as a, as a high risk category and yet the data tells us different right so we're asking them to use data for their decisioning because that's what they say they do right let's use the data for decisioning because women have been shown to uh, pay to to have a much much lower uh, rate of default when it comes to repayment, mm-hmm. they do put the money where it's needed. Okay, yes, they're competing priorities. If a child is sick, let me tell you that woman well, will spend <laughs> that money on that child right. rather than on the business. Right, and sometimes that's where the issue falls. But it's because there's no there's no um. What do you call it? There's no, um, there's no fallback plan in a lot of these things. And this is, that's also where some of these issues come in. But if financing could be um, designed in a way that actually answers some of these questions and in a way that plugs these gaps, then women would be so much further and that they stop looking at these huge tickets that women businesses cannot absorb when they're starting out. Mm -hmm. yes,
0: I I think it's a really interesting conversation and so enlightening to hear you speak of it. Uh, As a marketer, words like regenerative regenerative farming, organic, superfoods, you know, these are just repackaged terms in order to get people interested in these foods. And I think it can be a push and pull. Also, we had some women from the Rockefeller Foundation here earlier Mm -hmm. in the uh, week, and we were talking about the importance of... uh, whole organic foods and foods full of nutrients, right, that Mm -hmm. often uh, were maybe wheat farming, but then refining it down to its most, like, furthest form from the original uh, wheat and talking about, you know, if we educate our community and in eating organic indigenous foods, what that can mean also for the pull through for these women and uh, farmers generally who are growing these crops.
1: Absolutely. You know, it was quite interesting because there's some work that I'm doing in the ag space um, really around um, food systems. And we were having a conversation earlier um, earlier this year ar- around June, mm-hmm. um, and we were looking at what we call um, scenario planning, right? So you're looking at different trends and you're saying, if we're going in this direction, this is where we could end up. If we go in this direction and we make these changes here, this is where we could end up. So we had this sort of like free or, you know, free for all where you draw these scenarios, literally draw them out and and, and try and see where uh, a particular rabbit hole would lead. And um, what was really interesting about that, and and we were doing these scenarios and, and looking at Kenya in particular, was the fact that we do have resources across this nation. And very often we overlook the, the the northern lands and we say okay yeah those are the those are the dry lands nothing is happening there agriculturally but that's a misnomer mm. because actually you know that's where all our livestock is mm. right mm-hmm. and then you go on to all of these conversations that are going on about oh my goodness livestock and uh, climate change and global emissions it's true agriculture does provide up to about contributes about 34% of global emissions is coming from agriculture mm-hmm. Uh, primarily actually from livestock farming but I'm like hang on let's look at country specific ways in which we're doing this type of farming or this type of rearing and in Kenya you find that we've got nomadic pastoralism yep so by the time that you know that goat or that uh, piece of beef ends up on your table <laughs> ends up in the supermarket yeah. it's it's been fine you know that cow has done enough kilometers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and has been part of that regenerative process. Absolutely, because we are not, we don't. That's not how we. we that's not how we rear our animals, mm-hmm. and so we are contributing even less, even within that livestock sector, right. when it comes to this particular crisis. And yet we continue to bear the brunt of it. And so it's really important that we don't brush whole sectors. Right. And say that, you know, livestock is bad. Let's become vegetarian because it's, you know, this is my contribution towards reducing the effects of climate change as mm-hmm. I'm becoming a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, OK, look at where your beef is coming from, because in Kenya, it, it I, be, I believe that our carbon footprint, especially in the livestock sector, is much, 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 much lower than that. And yet you've got these animal proteins that are, you know, nutrient dense. And that's the thing. And we have so many of our traditional foods that are nutrient dense. Exactly. Right? All this fancy quinoa. I mean, it's a millet family. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> you know, as a personally reformed vegetarian, it makes me really happy to hear you say that because I, I do feel a little bit off the hook about my impact on the environment now that I eat meat again. Uh, we are going to get into the sports news really quickly here. But when we come back with Wangeshi, I'd love to speak about individual um, responsibility and how we can help support the cause. Oh. You're tuned into Capital in the Morning with myself, Sony, signed joined in studio today by Wangeshi Gitata Kiriga. Welcome, Wangeshi, again. Thank you. We're talking about all these uh, projects that you're involved in, uh, much like New Faces, New Voices, which is about empowering women and putting uh, money in women's hands to really empower themselves and be entrepreneurs or just in any space, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked a little bit about the Africa Climate Summit and climate change and women in agriculture in particular. Absolutely. I know you're t- technically a woman in agriculture. Yes, I am. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about Revolutionary Coffee?
1: Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. So, Revolutionary Coffee is uh, my baby. Okay. I just uh, started this brand a year and a half ago. But I've been in coffee all my life. I grew up on a coffee farm, mm. which is why I'm so close to, um, to the ag space, really mm-hmm. and truly. Um, and so, I'm really excited about it. I worked with um, an organization called Fairtrade for quite a long time. And I was even on their advocacy board that sits out of uh, Brussels. And the idea really is that there's enough for everybody, Mm -hmm. right? That uh, when it comes to sustainable consumption, there is a match on the other side around sustainable production. Mm -hmm. And so it is uh, you were talking just before the break about, you know, what's our role as consumers? And that's it. That's the role as a consumer is to make those conscious choices Mm -hmm. about what's available to you, right, Mm. the thing that will provide you with those nutrient-dense foods that we were talking about, but also just having an idea about where it's coming from, and at the same time, being ready to reward the farmers for the work that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so I decided I was going to put my money where my mouth is, and so work very, very closely with the farmers that I source from. In, um, in providing this great coffee. And I say it's great coffee because it's Kenyan. Mm-hmm. And Kenya has some of the best coffee Preach. in the world. Yep. And it's not just my bias. No. We win all these competitions, right? And so my whole thing was, why should we experience the best of what Kenya has to offer when we're away from home?
0: Same thing with roses. Yes. You know, we export our top quality stuff, and we should be also that
1: should be available to us here at home. Absolutely, absolutely, and so that's what I want with revolutionary coffee is for you to experience the best of what our nation has to offer and Mm -hmm. be able to enjoy it right here at home. So right now, we're retailing in a few places around uh, Nairobi, but most of all, we like to consider ourselves an e shop. Okay, so you can find us on Instagram. Okay. And we're revolutionary coffee. We deliver across the country. So, um, you know, hit us up. We'll let you know. Nice. But it's been really great working with all these different farmers. I especially source from women-owned um, cooperatives and even estates. And even the ones that I am sourcing from that are estates, you try to make sure that those are certified estates so that we know that the you know especially because again women provide majority of the labor mm-hmm. we know that if it's in a it's if it's in a certified state that they're being paid properly and that they're they have all of these things that make their lives a little bit easier. Um, and that's part and parcel of the whole certification process. So I'm very deliberate in my sourcing practices. I also work very closely with um, women owned businesses along the way, whether it's my roaster or whether it's my Q grader, that's the yeah. person who analyzes the coffee, or whether it's even the person who helped me come up with my brand, <laughs> um, you know, with a brand look and feel, because I think that it's that when we collaborate, we do so well, and we do such amazing things together. And you're practicing what you preach,
0: which is which is huge. Yes, um, yes You yes. spoke a little bit to consumer, uh, the 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 individual and consumer importance of supporting these causes. Are there any resources we can use to see if something is fair trade? To really certify if if it really, you know, the women run businesses that they are actually women run. Are there ways that we can be educating ourselves so that when we do go to the grocery store we're also able to put, you know, money where our mouth is and 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 support these organizations that are also not only supporting women but you know supporting our environment and
1: things like that. Absolutely. I mean and there are different types of marks out there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are voluntary marks. And so they there you know there's certifications like KEBs, right? KEBs is a mandatory one. Yeah. But then you've got all these other ones that are sort of the voluntary ones whether they're fair trade or they're rainforest or they there's something called eco mark africa then that's actually under the au mm-hmm. and um, and you've got of course brand kenya right for mm-hmm. for made in kenya and you've got the halal ones but i think that it's also a challenge to our business community to really come out with something that is homegrown that uh, speaks to some of these nuances, mm-hmm. um, especially when you have things like um, you've got the Kenya women in manufacturing, you've got uh, Kepsa and, and you've got the uh, the chamber and you've got all of these different um, uh, bodies that do specifically uh, work very, very closely with women, but they don't necessarily uh, have some sort of mark that lets you know that this is woman owned or it's woman led mm-hmm. so on mine, we just talk about it on our on our social media pages. That we're a woman-owned business, okay, and we and a, a woman-owned business, and and uh, what our sourcing practices are. But you know, I like that. You know, what what is there that we can use that is um, that can be brought to market? Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah.
0: I think it's interesting. We spoke a little bit earlier about marketing terms and buzzwords that are used yes. to help push things like superfoods or yes. things like that. Yeah, and it's true. I feel like marketers have caught on to individual interest in uh, sustainability and women-led businesses. So marketers. Use use terms to sometimes not be entirely honest about, mm-hmm. you know, how how organic their produce is, because they know that some of these things are just going to push their stuff off the shelves. So, yeah, it would be great to have some sort of individual yes. resource that
1: we could rely Absolutely. on. And, you know, in, um, uh, in Kenya, there's something called IFWAM, which is the or- organic uh, agriculture um, um uh, organization and they also have their own uh, cert they, they have their own certification process that you can apply for and go through and they come and they audit mm. and they make sure that that's true but again um, how much of that are they really letting the consumers know and how much of that is being put on produce whether it's a sticker or whether it's um, some sort of listing if somebody was curious enough to know where to find it where they they would be able to find that kind of information Mm -hmm. so we don't necessarily have it in a pooled place and that I think is a challenge to all of us who really feel that we want to do something when it comes to SDG 12 Mm -hmm. which is the responsible consumption and um, responsible production because the farmers are doing their part, they absolutely are interesting,
0: and if if somebody wants to get involved with New Faces New Voices or some of these projects that we've been speaking about, Mm. Revolutionary Coffee Mm. what, what are ways that we
1: can be in touch or follow along with what you're doing. Yes, please do. Do follow us on our socials where new faces new voices Kenya or NFNV Kenya NFNV. and that's on our um our LinkedIn, our um our Instagram, our our Twitter. Is it still called Twitter? I'm I call sure. it Twitter. Twitter <laughs> Twitter till the end. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course our website um, okay. which is uh, newfacesnewvoices.org. Um, you can follow us along there and get all of this wonderful information about the work that we're that we're doing. Amazing. Well, Wangeshi, thank you so much for joining
0: me in studio today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a super enlightening conversation. And of course, as Wangeshi mentioned, new faces, new voices, check out their website and that will lead you to their Instagram, their LinkedIn, etc. And so thank you, Wangeshi, for, for being here today. Thank you.